Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. I am your host, Brendan Carrion, and today I'm joined by Adam. What up, Adam? Uh, not much. How you doing? Doing great, buddy. And we have a very special guest today, often heard of, but seldom heard. We've got Alex. What up, Alex? Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, man? Bitchin'. It's your first time on the show. Well, I think that I have been on the show since perhaps even before you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's, you know... Bumper music. That's you, meta. Existing oh, mystery ooh, yeah, shadow, yeah. yeah. Alex did write the bumper music, so did, it, it right. is the first thing you hear when you, when you, when you tune in. It is the very first well, thing. Well, way to one-up us. Yeah, no Thanks kidding. Thanks a lot. One-upping me on my own show. Get out. Uh, yeah. Do what I can. Get the, get the fuck out. Anyway, um... So, um... This is episode number 30-fucking-seven, and uh, today we're going to be talking about um, vintage gaming versus OSR gaming, and some of the kind of nuances uh, that you can find in between or those. Or is it a versus? The, Are they like chocolate and peanut butter, two great tastes that go great together? Maybe. maybe. I, the, the only way to determine this is through exegesis. What do you think? Sounds good. Good. So that's what we're going to do today. But first, we have the segment where we talk about what we've been up to lately. You know what? Before we get to that, why don't we talk to Alex a little bit about some of his bona fides, man? Alex, tell us something about yourself. I, I have, knew we were skipping something. I have no bona fides, let me tell you. I oh. do everything in bad faith. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so as we can see, Alex is the variety of gamer that's, that's totally <laughs> down with like the puns. You're going to do some Yoda references for us later? You're going to break out with some Monty Python bits? Good heavens, no. You know what you're going to get when Alex is at your table. Well, I don't think you ever really know what you're going to get. It depends how much I've been drinking the night before. There you go. uh, It's true. Usually it's still on the straight and level. (laughs) Um tell us tell us about your history with with role-playing, man. What is it what is it that uh how long you been doing it? What are some of your favorite games? What what is it that really moves you about role playing? What's your favorite shit, dude? Well, uh, as many of you may know, I've been around since the very very early days of role playing. Uh, I was practically there at Gen Con one, uh, or at least I talk like I was. Um, the truth is, the God's honest truth is, my first exposure to role playing. Uh, would have been sometime in, shall we say, the George W. Bush era. Really? That late? In terms of actually playing a role-playing game. But I think I was uh, influenced. Well, I I take that back. Do you count HeroQuest as a role-playing game? Yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, kind of. I think think everybody who's role-played has had some experience with that. Yeah. 92, 91, whatever. Sure. Sometime around then. Uh, But I didn't really play role-playing games for a while, even though they were uh, sort of in the ambit around me and so had uh, an influence upon me, if you will. Sure. Um, 
were you reading any of them prior to that? I mean, because I know, but long before I ever played or or did anything with them, I had started reading them. Not so much. No, no, not okay. really. Uh, but uh, I did play a couple games of Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, not in any long campaign or anything, uh, but I have played, if that's considered an old-school role-playing game now, that was 91 when it came out, so... Um, I think I have casually dated a girl or two who was born after that date, so I guess that's considered old. Um, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, Dungeons & Dragons, first through whatever edition they call it now fifth i think fifth. Yeah. Yeah, it's fifth <laughs> yeah um i like the new fifth edition quite a bit i think it captures some of the feel of first and second or advanced dungeons and dragons ah me. see this is salient so yeah so salient. i would say advanced dungeons and dragons had a huge impact upon me and in particular uh the fantasy worlds that spawned in the way of two book series one is the forgotten realms and the other would be Dragonlance. So wait, like, um, you mean the campaign settings or the actual <laughs> novels, the franchise novels? Like R.A. Salvatore novels? Or? Yeah, the, okay. the novels, of course, which arose out of uh, the AD&D setting, if you will. Really, Almost Forgotten Realms goes back to first edition. I totes read those novels before I started gaming for sure it was yeah. i don't know there's something about them when you were a little kid and you went into like b dalton or whatever when that was still a thing and they had them all in there like color-coded right you know it was very, with the sword yeah, yeah they, were, they you could, were compelling they were yeah. interesting to look at had little numbers on the side cover but that was pretty much how i picked books back then yeah because you're a little kid you're kind <laughs> yeah. of you know you're, you're like, a little oh, kid you're a dumbass cool. you're oh, like hey this has alien on it's, it. it's got a big <laughs> it's got a big monster on the front how yep. bad could it be so what were you reading which were which series is well, uh, obviously the Sword Coast series by R.A. Salvatore and starting with Drizzt and I think it started with so, you know, something of the drow was like three books and then he had a few more and it turned into the Sword Coast series. Um, and then he had a series about orcs, which I forget the name of now. And then uh, obviously the Dragonlance series uh, by Weiss and Hickman. Um, those were obviously big at the time and uh, see i i read i read some Dragonlands, but it wasn't the weiss and hickman ones i'm like the one guy that didn't read any of those i read some of the the, the other characters that were kind of spun off of that stuff but elminster. uh i know elminster was he wasn't in elminster no, was he was, in, uh, he was in forgotten, forgotten realms. realms yeah yeah see yeah. i was always back then i was reading the terrible novelizations of the um the aliens graphic novels back then wait so wait wait so aliens had been turned into graphic novels, novels from movies yeah and you were reading the novels, novels that were based, based on the, the graphic, graphic novels. i didn't know there were graphic novels like <laughs> oh, i was like, a kid and i'm picking them up and i was like <laughs> yeah alien and then i found out later oh this entire book was based off a graphic novel and so um but yeah i was reading I, those i always felt like those alien and predator graphic novels were like really hit or miss like some of them like super, they are super hit or miss super suck. some of them were really good and then some of them were terrible but yeah i mean through high school like i was devouring those things i would read like three of those a week um uh, i used to read some of those uh shadow run uh, yes yes novelizations before i started gaming i yeah. read uh so i always found novelizations of, of other stuff that i liked like oh there's novelizations of wing commander i'll read those oh there's novelizations of timothy zahn's like star wars stuff i'll read those and so I read all that sci-fi stuff back then. I didn't read a lot of fantasy. 
but I read a ton of it, sci-fi. It ends up feeling kind of cheap now, huh? Because you're like every everybody else was reading like Michael Mark Moorcock and Isaac Asimov and shit, and we right. were reading like this. Yeah, they're like pot boilers, you know. They weren't really like. Oh, I read a ton of Bradbury and stuff, but it's just it's like because it was just me. Yeah, but I also read a ton of crap too. Like that's the other side of the coin. Is like in in for every classic that I read at that time. Um, I read so I read probably four or five just complete schlock books <laughs> that were awful. Yeah, I, I don't know that I could go back and read the schlock books anymore. I can go back oh, and read no. Asimov. Oh, I kept Bradbury, them. Like but, I still have yeah. them at home, and I, every once in a while I get Dude. this idea. Like I'll sit, and then I'm just like, I don't have time to devour like a 250 page book like I used to. When Dude, I was younger. man, like, I just, and I've tried. I've tried to re- like relive some of the nostalgia of like going back to those old novels, and, and it's, ugh, they're not. They're not. They're not very good. Yeah, oh, even some of the ones that have like good today. pedigrees are hard to read. Yeah, like uh, like I just finished not too long ago black company and even that uh, towards the end got to be kind of a slog i mean that's that's not even like uh based on a role-playing game no I mean, there's a role-playing game it's, based it's a on fantasy it. yeah fantasy yeah. type of genre book and yeah. even that t- when i got towards the end was kind of a slog i was just like oh my gosh this is taking forever and you know what you gotta read have you read it yet what's that you read a patrick rothfuss you ever read in the name of in the name of the wind or the name of the wind the name of the wind not in the name of the wind no. the name of the wind you ever read that nope fucking great that book is so fucking great i hate the main character he's terrible and his adventures are stupid but the book <laughs> is so well written that it doesn't matter that the character is like just hateable yeah i, mean, I just i don't dude, know though got, it's like there's all the like i even got to the point where even the um the Song of Ice and Fire books have started to oh, really wear the oh, welcome out with dude, me. Dude, dude, like, uh, dude. I am those the, things, <laughs> man. I am they, at the point with them where I'm like, I don't even care if he comes out with them anymore. Dude, exactly. I'm, just, I'm done. I can't those, do it anymore. Those are the guests that have overstayed their welcome. Like the weekend is over. It's Monday morning. You're trying to go to work. They've got their feet oh, up on your Monday. On your, it's like Thursday and dude, they're still on a bender yeah, and you're just yeah, like, get out of my house. There's like daiquiris spilled they're everywhere. They're eating your potato chips. Yeah. It's fuck, man. Those books. Oh, Get that crap out of here. Anyway, so uh, what we've been doing with gaming, guys? What, who's 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 playing something, and what have you been doing? Who wants to start? Well, uh, I have been playing. I don't know about Brendan, but I certainly have been playing in a very fun Warhammer Fantasy role play. You, you've been running that game, edition game, haven't you? I, I have been running the game and showing up by that i might add oh nation. that i was i was in that game guys and then i i did i did a vanishing act well because it's on sundays right it's on saturdays it's it's go go ahead go ahead alex tell us about your game well it was a lot better when we had our uh, protagonist in the party which is a character (laughs) class you can play in warhammer fantasy role play this is true uh and uh can I play a pig farmer? You can. That's one of the things that's great about Warhammer Fantasy is you start out with with your your first profession, and it's it's the profession that you had before you decided to become an adventurer, and you're still kind of stuck with it. You got to kind of finish it out, and so some of them are delightfully mundane. Some of them are kind of interestingly exotic, but some of them are intensely mundane. Yep. Uh, uh, Alex let us. When we were doing character creation, he let us uh, just choose. Which, when I'm a GM and I run Warhammer, I always think people roll because it's so hilarious seeing the weird shit that people get. Like, like toll keeper. Like, oh, I'm a guy who collected tolls on a bridge. 
Now I'm an adventurer. That's the weird thing about Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay is that never that kind of stuff doesn't they don't talk about that in Warhammer at all. Like I, well, I, I don't remember Warhammer Fantasy ever discussing the world in that level of detail. That's the thing is that there's there's this weird, this weird kind of disconnect between the miniatures battle games mm-hmm. and then the role playing games that come out of them, where the you read the miniatures battle games and it's always about like these huge epic nation spanning conflicts. But then the role-playing games are about the very, very, very gritty street-level life of a person who lives in that world, and they don't. Sometimes it doesn't seem like they take place in the same in the same world. Yeah, it's just though it's it's as though you were to run, make a game for forty k, and you'd be like, oh yeah, you work in the manufactorum, like uh, making shells for bane blades. Well, I mean, okay, <laughs> they they they, they kind of did that with Dark Heresy, where the the classes that you could roll, some of them were like unbelievably mundane. Yeah, some of them were pretty lame, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like how I say mundane and you say lame. Well like that- right away I feel like we're 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 having a disconnect about what the game's about. This goes back to the Quorum game mm-hmm. that Ben ran, who's not here, Ben, and I wish you were here to discuss this. And you rolled pig farmer. Right. I rolled pig farmer. The pro I okay, so rolling pig farmer would have been fine. Had anyone else rolled anything remotely similar to it? Everybody else was like wandering assassin, uh, mysterious warlock, and then there was me, pig farmer. I think I was like fortune teller or something. No, you Not were mis- you were like wa- you were like mysterious stranger. You were the oh one who, yeah, like, mysterious stranger. Right, that was you so were fun. Mysterious stranger. That yeah. was so great. Everybody else was something cool. I was pig farmer, and I was just like, what am I supposed to do as a pig? You got to make it cool. And it was like, you have a pig. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to play like a psychotic pig farmer, which is what I did. And then, you know, one one of the player characters in the game like killed my pig. And I was just like, well, then I have a psychotic break. And like, I try to murder everyone, you know? (laughs) It was very Game of Thrones, bringing it back to that. Yeah. It it was like, nobody expected that character to die. And then nobody expected your character to die because the other character died. Yeah. The character of the pig. Yeah. The other character was a pig, Petunia. That was my pig. Oh, (laughs) That was her name. It was Petunia. And that was my pig. And then he killed Petunia thinking it was funny. <laughs> and and so then like I a murdered a guy. Like I, I cut a guy's throat because he killed my pig. You know what happened was is the player character gave Adam's pet pig to the chef, the chef of a, well, let's say the cook of a galleon that we mm-hmm. were on. And then the, that guy turned it into stew. Right. And so you killed the, so cook. I killed him and I turned him into stew and then they hung me <laughs> like they, none of the other players did anything to stop. It was so grim. It was so grim. Adam's sitting there, right. And we're all like yeah. playing and Adam goes, I slash his throat. And then I just like walk out onto the deck and I make a new set of rope and I just hang myself. No, I didn't hang myself. The captain hung me. Did he? Yeah, I didn't I just, hang myself. Dude, I thought they you caught, hung yourself. They caught me because I was coated in the blood of the cook, and the captain actually hung me. Ben I, had the captain hang really? me. Really? Yeah, I didn't I, hang I, myself. I just remember we're all I was around. killed by the DM in that one because I was I was like, whatever, what are they going to do? And then he's like, the captain hangs you for, for mutiny or whatever. I was like, oh, all right. And I had to sit around like, well. I, I just remember the, I, okay, there's, I, I can remember very few things about that adventure mm-hmm. except the silence and the sort of pall that fell over the table as your character was like Swaying dying gently. while being yeah. hanged yeah. and like we were all just sitting there looking at each other like wow this is so <laughs> this is so dark and grim but not in like a good way yeah. not in like a like we're really taking it their way just like in like this is terrible yeah. uh- and um 
Yeah, I think that was the end of that game. That I think was that, the end I of think that it, game. I think it, it went it, on for like one more scene, and then I was just like, I'm not going to hang around here yeah. if I'm just sitting here watching everybody else play. So we called it. And, yeah, and, and then we never did it again. We never because, did it because again. Because at that point, it just had the taint of death on it. It's it just true. the whole thing just felt terrible. I see the book over there though. No, this is Elric. This oh, isn't Corum. Okay. This All is right, Elric. It's different. All right. Um But I mean I I've I've always thought that one of the things that makes old school gaming kind of interesting is well, the we way aren't to that, that part yet. Yeah we aren't but are we okay. yeah no we're not we're not we're not there. I, I guess to, so so you're running your, your Warhammer game. I and, and I have and I have done my disappearing act and I because the game is quite far away from where I live and it's on a Saturday, and I'm doing Shadow War League with Adam on Sundays, and my girlfriend was starting to give me the stink eye when I was running out of the, the house two days uh, a weekend once a month, and she was giving me this look like for reals, dog, and um, and so I had to concede. Are so, you committed to the gaming lifestyle? I, I feel like... I could probably be put on trial for my commitment to the gaming lifestyle. It's definitely not what it once was, but I mean, I, the you can see all the articles of evidence around you. I feel like I'm. It's making a lot a easier case. to buy stuff than it is to really commit your life to gaming. I'm sure that there are those who commit their lives more than I have, but I've committed my life to a very, very sad level, unfortunately. It, it's almost monastic when you think about it. You can just <laughs> yeah. Give up all human relationships. Yes. You take a vow of celibacy, a vow of poverty. So you don't take a vow of celibacy. That's a side effect. <laughs> like, are these games like, oh, the vow. there's no vow of celibacy. This is not some like honorable thing you're taking upon yourself. Like, oh, all of these uh, women and men are hurling themselves at my feet, but I cannot be bothered <laughs> because, no, I'm too busy playing games. It's I more like... Hey, so um, what do you like to do for fun when you're out at the bar? And you're like, oh, so I like to um, get around, sit around table with my friends and pretend I'm a wizard. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go talk to this other guy yeah, over here I and know. never, ever speak to you ever again. That by has... the way, I have mace. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I'll yeah. see you later. No, you won't. Oh, all right. I won't. But um, maybe next week. No. Okay. Um, have a good one. I'm going to tell my friends you're a freak. All right. Uh, many, bye. Many a conversation with with uh with a prospective partner has been scuttled i remember I, trying to like talk to girls at the gaming store the gaming store where you think it would what be okay. single girl goes into a gaming store and well, you know there's more now than ever before dude yeah well, and that's true. It, man it did not go well for me every single time it was like i have a boyfriend oh really who uh, yeah um, but then it's not about gaming dude his name's <laughs> gary oh really <laughs> gary who gary, uh, gary, gary guy gary guy Hi, Gax. That's my boyfriend. <laughs> I have to go. And you're like, oh, all right. Adam. Well, maybe this isn't a problem womp, with womp. gaming so much as with you. I it mean. is. But now, but now, now, you're, now you're married and you have kids. Have kids, And yep. it's not even a problem anymore, It isn't man. a problem anymore. Now There's your wife's no like, no, issue. get the fuck out of here and go play your stupid game. Yeah, my game. wife is like, go play your dumb miniatures game and get out of my face and take one of your children with you. And it's like, <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> so your game is kind of in a spot where it's in a tra transition, right? Yes. Yeah, so we just finished, uh, or very near to finishing, the Terror and Taliban module. Sweet. And okay, uh, I, I, I heard Taliban there for a second. I was yeah, like, so, "Whoa, topical." Yeah. But, so right, uh, I like to play modern role-playing games. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could tell. There's a Terror and Taliban, and it's uh, a very interesting module that uh, puts the players in. The washing up into the city of Talibim just before it gets taken over 
by a great Skaven, uh, which are these Ratmen in the Warhammer world uh, invasion. And uh, so it's sort of a fun adventure, high stakes, high drama, lots of interesting stuff going on. But there's some it investigation. Is, it's like the, the, there's a lot of investigation going on. More so in the beginning scenarios uh, where the players are sort of trying to get into the city. They just show up. They're not sure what's going on. But it does sort of become side-scrolly, and I think this goes to the heart of the, what you were talking about, the dichotomy between Warhammer Fantasy Battles and Warhammer Roleplay, which is, in the roleplay, you have more mundane street existence that people manage through. Occasionally, they come across some minor baddie. You know, there might be a hedge wizard out in the forest that needs stomping, or a few beastmen or something, but some of these scenarios, especially the Terror and Halibime, you you have the small band of players awash in this massive battle going on around them that they cannot hope to affect. Uh, and so a lot of it almost feels like you're just narrating to the players and occasionally they, you know, get into a small little skirmish, but uh, the narrative element, element ceases to exist as something that they affect. Whereas, but isn't that the truth of war in general, though? I mean, like, a yeah. single soldier can't really if impact a war that much. You know? Have yeah, you seen I mean, Rambo? Have you seen Rambo? <laughs> yes, but that's... He beat the Viet Cong all by himself. No, that wasn't the... Rambo was... He didn't fight the Viet Cong. He was like fighting a small town sheriff and some other guys. I think he was in Vietnam for well, a few... That was First Blood. Yeah. First, first Blood he, is when he did fought, the, fought David Caruso out right. in the woods. Yeah. Like, as the first Rambo movie, he's not fighting the Viet Cong. He's right. just like some but guy in a small town. he's a vet, town. though. He's a vet. Yeah, he's, he's like a vet, super but, special forces. But he's like never the most get, special they never get of into the him, forces. like, killing a bunch of Viet Cong. That was later ones. I didn't see those. I saw the first one when you were like, hey, he's killing the Viet I was like, no, he doesn't. He didn't do that in Rambo. But it, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> there is that idea of like the Superman or whatever, but in reality, it doesn't quite work that way, right? I, I think that I mean some of that comes down to how you want to run things like that. How how do you want to run mass battles in your game? How do you want to represent them? And if has we get there back, ever if, been a gaming system that does mass battles well? No, because I, I know Dark Ages so. tried to do it. Vampire <laughs> no. Dark Ages tried to, and I did not care for no. that implementation at all. I was listening to Grognard Files, and one of their hosts was talking about how. They don't like games that, that build in a mass battles rule set because it feels like a game within a game. And I, 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 I concur entirely. It's I think it's like beyond the ken of what it is that you're doing. You're not really playing Warhammer mass battles. You're just trying to talk about what's going on with a couple of characters. So I think it's really important to try and isolate something for the character to do in that situation where they have a goal and the, the, and, and the, there are steps that they can take to accomplish that goal. You know, and then right. they can get the fuck out of there. But but and maybe they see some interesting shit. It's kind of uh, like Game of Thrones, where everybody wanders up on the aftermath of battles, but they're never really in well, the actual there's, battle. There's 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 the, the Battle of Blackwater, which mm-hmm. has is actually I think kind of interesting because uh, when Tyrion Lannister has to go down and fight. And when uh, Stannis's guys are coming up on the on the beachhead or whatever, uh, I think that's actually a pretty good example of how to run a mass battle well. Which is that Tyrion's got stuff that's going on, the Hound has stuff that's going on. On some level, like Cersei and Joffrey have stuff that's going on as more social role playing behind the walls. Right. But so you could you could cut between a whole bunch of different characters who are all doing things 
in a mass battle scenario and yeah, have it they don't still really be interesting ever get into like oh these two forces clash it's like as the hound's trying to secure a gate Tyrion's like fighting on that ship or whatever and gets right. his nose cut off and right so spoilers anyway spoilers um, guys if you haven't read those books yeah. get on you it watch the show his nose gets cut off in the books he doesn't have a nose in the yeah books in the books he looks truly horrifying right. in the show he gets like a, a scar. scar he gets yeah. a little scar and he's like yeah. oh my god you're so hideous yeah, <laughs> yeah so um but yeah, it's it's well done. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, that was what, back when I was actually enjoying reading that book. Series. Yeah, yeah, book one and book two are actually pretty good. Um, what I guess what I'm trying to say is that is that that scene is about the clash of two armies. But you're not you. Know, it, it's not like Martin ever really kind of pulls back and is like, and then on this flank the, the pikemen rushed in and right. there was a volley of arrows. He doesn't get into that. The shit only time it's he not ever really gets important. that descriptive is when he's talking about food. When he's talking about food, <laughs> yeah. Then you will get and they roasted the. The, the quail at this many degrees, and they put rosemary and garlic. The capers <laughs> and the minced onions. Six to eight. And uh, the, yeah, and the skin was beautifully crisp uh, and a golden brown. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, right, yeah, this yeah. guy likes to eat. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, one in in my recent gaming adventures, I kind of was thinking to myself, you know what I should do? I was like, I should, uh, I should kind of try and branch out a little bit. I should, I should try and try and meet some new people to role play and. My girlfriend, she works in the early evening. She watches some kids. For, she's a nanny. And so I have my evenings to myself. And so I thought, you know, it wouldn't be harmful to anybody if I got like a Friday night game, right? And so Meetup, the, the stupid website app thing, it sends me emails every so often because I have interests that I've like plugged in in there. And it sent me an email saying there's a Vampire the Masquerade um, uh, role-playing game in your area you should play and i was like you know what i should it's on friday night heather's at work i can Is play some i can play some vampire oh I can, boy i can get some more vampire going on in my life <laughs> i was like this sounds great so i log into meetup and i say sure i'll go and then the little thing has like a maybe three sentences about the game okay like three sentences almost nothing but it does have a line where it says, I'll email you details. Okay. So two weeks pass. I haven't heard shit, right? The, the game is the next day. So on Thursday, on Thursday, this game's on Friday night. On Thursday, I go on to Meetup and I write on the wall thing. I say, haven't heard anything. Is this game still going on? Let me know. Smiley face, right? Don't hear anything. On Friday at like 8 a.m. or something, I finally get a response. Oh, yeah, the game's actually happening. I thought I sent you an email. All right. Uh, he goes, but the game is happening. But it doesn't say where or what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing here, right? So I respond to it and I say, oh, could you send me an email saying where the game is? Because I don't actually know, right? Don't hear anything for a couple hours. Then all of a sudden, there's this flurry of emails. Like, whoever's running this thing starts cranking out emails to me with the address, and um, uh, he sends me another one uh, about at about... He sends me one with the address, right? And I respond to that one saying, okay, that's where the game is, but I don't really know what's going on. Should I bring anything besides my book and my dice? Because it hasn't even said what the fucking character creation situation is right so at 1 p.m on friday and the game is supposed to start at 5 30 i get an email from this dude who i'm gonna call i'll call him t-pain 
to like to keep so that the, the names of the innocent may be obscured. It right? doesn't sound innocent to me. Anyway, well, I mean, he's obviously the villain of my story, but if, but he is in the local area. Maybe he maybe he fucking we denounce him for show. I, I don't know. He must be purged. Anyway, so 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 at one o'clock, T Pain sends me this fucking email, and he goes. He goes, oh, yeah, character creation is anything out of the revised edition book, not Sabbath, and you have to have a character, you have to have a character background that makes sense. And I'm kind of like, 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 what? I have to, I'm like, I don't, I'm thinking, I don't know you. I don't know what makes sense to you. I don't right. know what makes sense even fucking means. And then I'm thinking, like, does this mean independent clans are allowed? Because it sounds like independent. not Sabbath. Yeah, it sounds like independent clans are allowed. I don't know anything you about... You should have rolled in with a bloodline, like a really weird, <laughs> obscure bloodline. Well, that, no, that's in the revised core book. I thought the revised core books had the bloodlines nah, in the back. That's, that's oh, story. I'm that's thinking of, of 20th anniversary. D20, yeah. yeah. So, okay. um, so it doesn't say anything about merits and flaws or any of that kind of thing. Not to mention the fact that this game is supposed to start in four hours, and I'm supposed to have a fully fleshed out character, right? And I had to be work out in the warehouse that day, and it was like 100 degrees in the warehouse, and I had been moving these pallets around all fucking day so the more i'm the more i'm fucking doing this the more tired i am and i'm looking at the clock and i'm just like i don't even have a character concept i don't think i'm gonna go to this thing right so i get home and i and i write him i write him uh uh an email and i say i say to him what, what, what is it that I say? I have I I, 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 I try to be nice. I say T-Pain. Thank you for the email. I just got off work and I'm now free to respond. We're going to dub that over with T-Pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good call. Unfortunately, I'm feeling a bit underprepared for tonight's session, so I think I'll sit this one out. If you'd like, I'd be happy to join at the next session with a fully made character ready to play. I am the kind that likes to mull these things over a bit before getting started and usually run some ideas past the ST before committing anything to paper. I suppose I thought that we might be doing group character creation tonight, or perhaps pre-gens, but after a long day at work, I don't really feel like I have a good concept that I'd be proud to submit to your group right now. And then I said that if he'd rather put somebody else into the game rather than me and give up my seat, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I say, thank you for your hard work on behalf of the game. Best. Me. Right? So, so then, like, Ooh, I kind of lay down to take a little nap. And when I wake up, this is the email that I get back. All right. Is it all caps? No, no, <laughs> is it like, no. For, is for, it like dear fuck boy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't address me. He just goes right into it. He goes, "I strongly urge you to make an appearance anyway. Attendance is half the battle. Nothing is more irritating to a storyteller or a game master than canceling at the last moment. It is up to you though, and I am not in control of the game. This other person will be playing regardless and will not be taking anyone's place." Sometimes some of the best characters are created, quote-unquote, off the cuff. We will be doing dragon questions tonight, which I don't know what the fuck that is, still don't. <laughs> Should help cement your character concept if you don't have one as of yet. And then he doesn't sign off or say anything. Just that. He just blasts me that. And I'm like, I'm like sitting there like half days on the couch looking at that. I'm like, fuck you, buddy. I am <laughs> like, fuck you, man. There is like no chance whatsoever I'm going to your game now. Like, like that's, a, you don't even know me, dude. You don't even know me. You're coming at me with this shit. Oh, he knows. He knows your type. 
He's like, it's he knows very. Your, he it's, knows your type. It's like it's he knows like kind. I, I mean, are you fucking you serious? It's irritating to cancel at the last minute. You know what's irritating is like not having any details in the run up, not having dealt with this over the past fucking two weeks. You don't need that negativity in your life, man. Just let it go, dude. No, dude. Well, because because I referenced giving up my seat to another player. That's why. And he said, oh, they'll be there. You don't have to worry about losing your seat. And it's just like, I, oh, here's, I, I, here's, here's my problem, right? Somebody says, I'm not as comfortable with the situation. I think I'll b- bow out. And, and, and homie comes back with, here's why you're wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who does that? I Gamers. This- Gamers do that. They do it all the time. You're surprised by this behavior. I'm Why? so surprised. Why are you surprised it's by so this funny. Behavior? I showed Heather this, and she uh-huh. goes, "This is just mansplaining." Right? She, she, she's <laughs> like, "Somebody just mansplained to you, and look yeah. how and look how irritated you are." Yep. She's like, "People talk like this to me all the time. I don't even notice it because I'm a female." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Like fucking mansplaining is terrible. <laughs> I fucking hate it." Let me tell <laughs> you why mansplaining is terrible. Okay? <laughs> like, yeah, I know, and then right? Just start telling her why. <laughs> that's like, what you're supposed. That's how you're supposed to react. That, I just by the way. couldn't fucking just believe allow it. So actually, let me explain to you what mansplaining is, and then you should tell her what it is and <laughs> why it's bad. You don't know what mansplaining I, is, honey. I just, I just, I just was like, if this guy was standing in front of me, like, would he talk to me like this? Because probably, I, mean, I you think so? I doubt it. I don't it. know about that. He probably goes to like, the territory. I think this is a keyboard tough guy who sits at home, like thinking I'm miles and miles away, and like boop 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 boop. Is feel is feels fine being all tough with me, but he wouldn't look me in the eye and talk to me like that. I mean, I can't show up at this guy's house and and actually play because he's already shown that he has no respect for me whatsoever. As a human I mean, being. you can't show up at his house. You have his address. Yeah, we you all could. have to play. We all could. We could I all just show up at his house. We'd be like, episode. hey, how's it going? You know what's irritating. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know what's irritating. very special episode. Is when somebody oh. breaks your leg with a hammer. <laughs> That's from really T-Pain. irritating. If, if, if the process of role-playing is about communication through creating like consensual realities through communication this guy and i have already failed we're fucking done we can't get on the same page he doesn't know how to talk to me i don't know how to talk to him it's fucking over so you know what you know what i'm doing you know what lesson fucking learned i'm deleting fucking my profile on meetup because what good has ever come of that i've been on meetup for years i've never been to a successful fun meetup you always meet weirdos on meetup i fucking hate it i'm done I agree. Anyway, end of end of end of rant. End of rant. All right, so we're gonna take a little break since we know now we're all caught up on what everybody's up to, and then since I dropped I dropped a bomb on T Pain, I didn't go it. yet. But I I'm not doing anything. Yeah, so you, I thought matter. you went. You didn't no, go. I didn't. Go. What are you doing? Shadow War. Shadow that's War. I'm running Shadow War campaign. It's been You're, awesome. Yeah, right. I mean, like that's we're both kind of running that at our, at our mm-hmm. local uh, uh, FLGS. We need some more people to come out. I, I've 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 kind of taken a step back mm-hmm. because because you seem to be getting a lot out of it. I'm and, having a lot of fun with it. You're, yeah. you're having so tell us about it, man. So um, yeah, we we started the first week. We had seven players. Uh, this week we only had four. Um, the week. husband and wife team that have been showing up, but, and uh, they've been really good. They've been a lot of fun to play with. Um, it's true, Jeff and Trisha. They've been really awesome. Um, and then uh, I'm hoping we can get some more people out. Like I know I know young Dustin said he can't come out anymore. Uh, 
yeah, I don't. There were a bunch of people who were supposed to show up, and like Sterling didn't show up, and it's that's leagues, man. Is yeah. leagues is like week one interest is high, week two interest is low. Yeah, I mean, so, I knew my son wouldn't be there this time, but it's just like it just it seems like we're we're dropping off. We need to get some more. We need to get some fresh blood in there. We need to get Ben Bailey out there. Or something, well, you know, we'll like uh, force him to show up at gunpoint. Maybe if we'll put up a poster a or something. Months, All right. Well, we'll definitely be running another one in a couple months. Yeah. Well, this one will not will be over, but there'll be another one. Yeah. Because this is just our thing now, right? right. Yep. Sunday. Jeff wants to play. He should play. He's got enough Warhammer stuff. He yeah, put a team together. Where the together. fuck is that guy? I don't know. He should come out. That though. guy owns more fucking Warhammer than everybody in this I, room put together. Yeah, and he probably stomped the shit out of us. So I mean, like. But he has more girlfriends than everyone in the room put together. That is also true. I have no girlfriend, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And you have a fiance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really, one. it's just I'm one. The only, I'm the only person with a girlfriend. Yeah. Yep, and he has true. more than that. <laughs> Big he play, he plays a dangerous job. game. <laughs> it's hey, it's polyamory, so everybody is 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 knowing. Oh, and all right then. Oh, then he's it's, good. It's I, th- knowing I, thought and it, I thought it was an, I thought oh, it was a. <laughs> no, the mysterious Jeff is not a bastard, man. Oh, he's not right. like he's not he's not he's not doing a bunch of double blinds and shit. He's not he's not twisting them up. What no. sure, man? Don't know. I don't know yeah. anything about his life. It's it's dude. It's <laughs> a new era. It's a new era. People can people can do what they want now. Sweet. Yeah, man. Love knows Mono, no bounds. Monoculture is over, dude. Take your white middle class monoculture from the '90s and just and just put it in a shotgun and shoot it up your ass. Sorry, it's <laughs> over. Damn, I was raised Catholic. <laughs> I got a lot of baggage I got to get through. Jesus, yeah, people. well, me, yeah, yeah. We we both got our baggage, yeah. but, you know. Gotta show God, give me some time, you know. Like God, give me a little <laughs> yeah, bit of time to get hip with the program. <laughs> Where on Hell. the puppet did the priest touch you? Uh, we don't uh, have a puppet. We got like my a weird heart. zombie baby. <laughs> yeah. So in the my thing heart. was, I was an altar boy for years, and I was never molested, which leads me to the conclusion I was an ugly altar boy. Um, and actually explains a I lot saw, about, my, had about my lack of success with women during the in that I, time I, period, at, as later time. I, I saw too, a so. picture of you f- when you were eight years old, and you yeah. look remarkably like Cameron Fry from that, that was from what <laughs> Ferris Bueller's that was Day what off. my cousins used to call me. It was Cameron. <laughs> my uh, my older cousins, Heather and Amy, used to call me Cameron. Like, look, like every time they saw me, they would call me Cameron. You look just like that, and you had the same haircut, which I is did. hilarious. And uh, yeah, that is not the haircut you go with if you want to land uh, land a, anything. A sexy a, priest, a, like a girlfriend, <laughs> a boyfriend, whatever floats your boat. A priest, like that. It's not a good look for anybody. Well, now, before right. you say you were never touched, you should try hypnotherapy because you know you can get money for this sort of thing. Oh, I do know a guy. The Satan. <laughs> Who does? You know what? Not on that show. No. 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 All right. All right. That's it. I'm calling an end to these proceedings before things get too weird. All right. Um, all right. So we're going to be back in just a second here. We're going to talk about some OSR gaming. So stick around. And in the meantime, enjoy these tunes I'm going to put on right here. Would sing about, so put your hands down my pants, and I'll bet you'll feel nuts. Yes, I'm Cisco, yes, I'm Ebert, and you're getting two thumbs up. You've had enough of two hand touch, you want it rough, you're out of bounds. I want you smothered, want you covered like my waffle house. Hash browns coming quicker than FedEx, never reaching apex, just like Google Call Stock. You are inclined to make me rise an hour early, just like daylight savings time. You and me, baby. Nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it again now. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Get the horn now.
we're back. I hope you enjoyed that delightful musical interlude there. We are here to discuss OSR V classic role playing. What are the differences? What are the similarities? Do they go together or are they mortal enemies like Scorpion and Sub Zero? Um, who actually are very similar. So maybe they are like Scorpion and Sub Zero. They on the surface they appear very similar, but they're very bitter enemies. Deep. Yeah, that's very that's some Mortal Kombat deep right there, taking that back nineties style. Anyway. I wasn't listening. Sorry. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> you didn't miss anything. I'll he- I'll hear it when I'm editing it. Yeah, you'll hear it. When I'll hear when I'm editing it. All so, right. so today's uh, topic comes to us via uh, the homie Jamie at Coliseum Rex in um, jolly old United Kingdom. Um, <clears throat> we haven't heard from Jamie in a little while, but uh, no, much love out uh, to the United Kingdom, dude. I know, right? Oi, oi, oi. In light of recent oh, events. Oh boy. Here we go. Oh, I was and, trying to be like serious and somber in light of recent events, but uh, but much we we send our love over there. But uh, but Jamie is super cool, and his shop is super cool, and he's 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 like a gamer's gamer. That guy knows his shit backwards and fucking forwards. And so he and I were talking about Dragon magazines or something mm. on Insta, and uh, we kind of started talking about. I think this is really he he posited the this kind of almost kind of like a Greek drama, like soliloquy to the gods where he was like, why do we even have OSR? Why do we even, why does it even exist? And so then he, he, he kind of hit me up and was like, um, you should consider doing a podcast about this. And I got to say, it's a great idea. So I hit him up and I was like, if you could just kind of like frame a question, like what would it be? And he, so he, this is what he wrote me. He wrote, do we need creators to emulate bygone system systems or games when we live in a world where we have access to the original games from that time period, whether in physical copies via eBay, Amazon, etc., or PDFs? And I think that that's an interesting question because we've seen the proliferation of these of these uh, so-called OSR, meaning old school role-playing or old school renaissance games, and uh, the way that they use sort of emulations of the original first edition Dungeons & Dragons, the Red Box experience kind of stuff, the advanced Dungeons & Dragons experience. And now we're seeing uh, emulators of all different types of games like there's there's a bunch of different kind of gamma world stuff that's been coming out recently and now we're even at the point where due to the fact that warhammer fantasy roleplay uh second edition is gone and incredibly difficult to collect because it's so expensive and the first edition itself is not cheap um, and the, the third, said ed- about third edition, the, the better. And the third edition is terrible. Nobody wants it. So the, there's actually a Warhammer fantasy roleplay emulator out called Zweihander that is seriously, it's like 700 pages of percentile sort of Renaissance era roleplaying in a grimdark world. See, that's interesting because when I think of OSR books, like I think of slimmer tomes you know what i mean like i i don't think of these but then as i kind of looked into it and researched it more a lot of the books that i have that i think of as old school type of role-playing games aren't that thick they're not as big as i remember them being yeah i think it's sort of an interesting uh artifact to go back and look 
and realize that there's been a severe sort of inflation in terms of the size of role-playing books over the last 10, 20 years. Yeah, I mean, like, look how thin this yeah. book is. TMNT, <coughs> which is one of the ones that I... That I it's a thin book. I mean, it's... Yeah. They it's used to be about 100 pages. 100 pages. 100 yeah, pages. 109 pages, and the last one's and that out, made them pages. that made them cheaper, and yeah. you could and read one. Cover. You could read one pretty quick, yeah. right? You could kind of, like, you could kind of read one on, like, a Saturday, Ooh, yeah. you know? Um... These books also had a definite sort of aesthetic inside of them that has been lost as we've moved into much more like full color digital art uh, with lots of full page splashes. Um, and uh, the gaming kind of like aesthetic of in terms of the rule systems has changed dramatically. So these new games, and we will, we'll call that vintage gaming. We'll call that vintage gaming rather than using the words old school to mean two different things. Yeah, Let's call it vintage. classic is what I was calling it. But yeah. Sure, sure. What is the uh, endpoint year-wise and how you would define vintage gaming? Well, um, Ben actually researched this for us, and apparently a lot of... I, I guess the current scholarship is placing the beginning of third edition Dungeons & Dragons as being the end of of like vintage gaming that's everything up to when 3.0 came out counts so we're, so we're masquerade second edition would be osr according sure. to this or not it, not not osr classic gaming according sure. to this yeah huh, it'd be classic well, i mean because on some level i feel like we are we talk about that a lot about like oh well fuck fuck third edition fuck uh 20th 20th edition let's well, uh, like the second edition one is the one that we well, really the reason love. that i say fuck third edition and that is because of the meta plot like that that i, but I there, don't have a problem with the rules but but again if you look at third edition revised look how fat that rule book is yeah, when you compare it to the second edition book it's about twice as big right and the second you know? edition book was a lot of fluff yeah and uh and uh it was a lot cheaper too Wow, uh, that's, that's, no, that's another thing that's happened is that is that role-playing games have gone from being this thing you could kind of buy with pocket money to being 70 bucks to get to get started yeah you know, but i mean when, we, when i was cost buying, 60 70 bucks when we bought vampire that was what 29.99 was that the cover on it i think it's 25 25 and and like i know west end star wars was 20 and that was in the early very early 90s no, so like i mean what would that early be in today's mid. dollars 40 or 45 early mid okay because you can still find games for the, 40 or 45 today it's just you're not gonna find many core books that run for that you could get uh you could get i guess a player's handbook for 45 right you can probably get a little cheaper if you go on amazon but we'll, we'll have to leave amazon out of this cause right but i mean even your friendly local game store exactly yeah. i remember vampire games feeling very accessible because the most expensive book to buy was that core book, and it was about 25 bucks. And I got $20 a week for allowance. So that means all I had to do was wait two weeks, and I could get a core book. And then everything else cost less. Like the high-end supplements were $15.99, and then the low-end clan books were $9.99. I mean, you could yeah, buy... Like 10 bucks. Yeah, so, so it, you could build a Vampire the Masquerade collection very, very quickly... Uh, on just a kid allowance in the 90s. Whereas now, every book that comes out, like you look at Pathfinder and like fucking every, okay, Pathfinder's a bad example because they have tons and tons of those little slim saddle stitch tomes, but they have so many hardcover 
fat ass core book sized books. If I was a kid trying to collect that shit, I don't even know what I'd do. Yeah, but I mean, a big difference, though, is print quality, too, though. Because, like, a Pathfinder book today is full color. Full color, um, glossy pages. And Vampire Second Edition was black and white on that, like, that rough paper that, that had that tooth to it when but you felt it But wasn't that better? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's better, but I certainly think that they're spending more making their product. They sure are. They and sure so, are. Uh, you know, is it better? I'll leave that up to... To, to people to argue to smarter the, to, people than I am to, to argue, the capitalists or, or, or to the market people who are fanatical about it but you know there's been a definite definite change in in the quality of the books like I will say like I haven't uh, you've had a different experience I haven't gotten books recently that have like fallen apart like many of the old books that <laughs> I have had <laughs> we'll get we'll do. get to that on a different episode I'm still we'll get to that on a different yeah episode. but it's just it's like you know there's there's a quality issue too where it's like is it is it has printing production quality gone up? Are these books better? You know, it's like because a lot of the books I buy now are really pretty books, really gorgeous books with a lot of really great art in them. Whereas, you know, a lot of the older stuff, like, um, you know, like I'm looking at TMNT or Recon, like some of the art in here is not all that great. <laughs> Fucking you know what I ghastly. Mean? Like, it's just terrible. Some of it's like it's really like, this bad. Is, this is not a good picture. You know, and it's all. But, but it was it was kind of good to your to your kid brain, yeah, right? To was, your adolescent yeah, to kid, kid brain, brain, it was good. You're probably that was like what I, that was what I came to expect. But yeah. now it's like if if I see this on a shelf next to, um, a Pathfinder book with like those really gorgeous painted covers and everything, and I and I'm looking at the two of them side by side, like I know which one I'm going to be attracted to, and it's yeah. not going to be this one. Yeah. Now. Because there's been this shift in how mainline role-playing books are being produced and what their price points are and what they look like visually, that has kind of opened up... Really, I think 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons was the thing that opened up this world. You know, uh, nature abhors a void or whatever. And uh, when Dungeons & Dragons seemed unplayable because it was shit, all of a sudden all these other games really took off. Pathfinder really took off. And... These OSR games, which used the open gaming license by Wizards of the Coast to take its D20 system and kind of modify them to create second edition Dungeons & Dragons, first edition Dungeons & Dragons type experiences started taking off. And even with fifth edition being as popular as it is, we're still seeing a lot of these what's now being called old school role playing games really taking off and there's just scads and scads so, of them and, and 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 aesthetically they go back to that style smaller page counts art that is kind of rough. amateurish yeah. amateurish at times and um mechanics that are like well you can get into the mechanics because i don't think there's one thing to say about the mechanics in them uh, right the big difference to me between osr and D&D 5th or even AD&D or D&D is kind of um, the ethos of the game um, because D&D has a certain predisposition or understanding that you are playing a heroic character um, and especially 5th um, and that you are going to go out and do heroic deeds and that you are um, the protagonist of the story whereas to me OSR games and a lot of classic role-playing games too have this element of randomness built into them where it's it's yeah randomness it's, is a is a big osr trademark it's like we are you are going to randomly generate a character because as a person you do not control your own stats 
um, you know, you may not have, you know, a strength of 18 and that's just a result of who you are. So you're going to have to play whatever character you roll up and, and it's an inherently, uh, unfair i know i don't want to call it unfair but unfair in quote system where somebody who rolls better than you is going to be better than you are at a lot well, of stuff i think that the that the osr movement has really embraced the idea of imbalanced games right like, like you're supposed you're, you're supposed to be like who gives a fuck yeah okay on the table i got assassin and you got uh uh sh- shit picker right um that doesn't matter that's not the point you know, you're supposed to, there's something else that's supposed to be going on. You're supposed to be sort of, you're supposed to be reveling in that, in that, right. in that and chaotic. And you're ceding a lot of control to it because if you yeah. are a gamer who considers himself a narrative gamer, you are essentially saying like, I am not going to design this character. I have no control over what this character is. Instead, it's going to be thrust upon me and I have to figure out how to make it work. Which is a different way of going about it. Like as someone who likes to write and who likes to go through a creative process, I have much more of a, I want to design something from top to bottom. I would never sit down to like write a story or a novel and randomly generate the characters for it, right? This is not something that would ever occur to me to do. That would be an interesting idea, actually. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't it sound kind of fun? It might be interesting, but it's just not a thing that I've ever thought of doing. Like, what if if you, me, and Alex all like wrote a character and then we just passed them to the left and we all wrote a story about it and then, and then we got together in a week and we read each other's stories. Wouldn't that be kind of interesting? That would be interesting, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I, for a long-term kind, kind of gameplay or a long-term story, you're ceding a lot of control when you do that. And so you're giving up an awful lot of your your uh, your agency, I guess I'd say. You're kind of like letting the dice decide, which not, is neither good nor bad, um, but it is a difference in the way that it it's is. played. It when is. I sit down to make a vampire character, it's you have seven, five, three. You get to decide right. where those dots go. You got all these skills. You can decide where those go. In, Sh- in uh, Shadowrun, it's you have four hundred points to spend. Oh um, my god! Start spending your points. In Pathfinder, you have nine hundred source books, <laughs> each of which has a thousand prestige classes. Uh, build something. Build yeah. build some monstrosity. Right, and so that's where you start getting into this, where it's like I I cut my teeth on a lot of point buy systems and even some of the games back then were like hey you can do it optionally randomly generated or a point buy system like west end star wars i believe had a either a a point buy system or a you can randomly generate your character if you want to um that said it still wasn't like oh you randomly generated that you're a failed jedi it was still like you got to generate your (laughs) stats and then decide what you wanted to do with it yeah i mean and i think that a lot of us had that experience because for our age range the the game I cut my teeth on was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. That was the that was the game everybody was playing for a long time, and I remember it from my very early kind of like pre adolescence into my adolescence. And then I just remember this point where it was like, okay, we finished a D and D game. Now we're going to go to this thing called Vampire, and it was just like mind blown. Right. You know, I was like, I was like, I get to make all these choices, yep. and I get to design specifically the character I want to be. Well, for There's, me, the big there, difference was it's like <laughs> I didn't sit down at a table roll poorly and then right. have the guy to the right of me roll a paladin and then spend the rest of my days playing uh that guy's pack mule well you well, know what i mean like, well, what you're describing is is this is this experience i think we all had as gamers where it was you roll the suboptimal character mm-hmm. and then you have the group kind of foist upon you 
your stats are already bad, but then right. you have the, the you're group a servile foist, role. They foist on you some role that you don't right. even want. They're like, oh, your stats are going to make it so that you're a really good cleric, so you're the cleric. And you're you like, you can get that in points by systems too, though, because remember in uh, Star Wars, I just became the chauffeur. To the Sith, yeah, and I just drove I mean, you guys from place I, to place so you could murder people. I, 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 this can also happen in these new style games where um, you have very delineated roles. I've mm-hmm. noticed there's there was this kind of uh, mechanic You're that the showed noble. up. You're the warrior. It, it, it showed it showed up in the 3.5 era mm-hmm. where things were very very influenced by MMOs. Where it's like, oh, this is you're the striker and you're the tank and you're the heel bot. Oh, that was more right? four. And that you're the was controller. But that's sho- that that's, that shit still shows up in in mm-hmm. Pathfinder and I think even now in Dungeons and Dragons, I think they in in D five, I think they have tried to limit that a little bit. But you can you can still see people having these conversations at the table where it's like one guy says, oh, I want to play rogue, and the other guy goes, oh, well, I won't be be a rogue, and we really don't need two DPSs. Right. Well, you know? four had that had like actual names oh. for it where was you're a striker you are you're the a striker. controller yeah. you're a yeah. defender and it was just like oh so like i am i'm going to play that role in the party right um, and, and, and so and i that, better optimize for it like and that was like i, a, I don't want to stray too far out of my lane it was a that was a new school game and you were still having this kind of like shitty kind of role foisted upon you by the people around the table who were like oh no i already chose the archer guy we can't have two archer guys if we have two archer guys then who's going to keep the <laughs> goblins just running up on the archer guys <laughs> Glass you know cannons yeah there was a lot of that well even fifth edition now i think picks up on uh mmorpgs to the extent you have all of these special abilities now that even fighters have and it just everyone's sort of a magic user in some way or another but i you think, think about really, how magic worked compared yeah. to fighter special abilities now I think what really started enforcing that role was a tax of opportunity. Yeah. Because that wasn't a thing back in the early days. And oh, then no. When they started yeah, that introducing was a, a tax of opportunity, that was when it's like, oh, you're an archer, and there there's a melee combatant near you. He gets a free attack on you if you try to shoot him. And I'm like, I've watched Lord of the Rings. Legolas was shooting orcs who were standing like a foot away from him. Nobody got an attack of opportunity against the guy. Like, is that really a thing that we need to have in the game? I don't know. And I'm using Lord of the Rings because that clearly inspired the genre. But it's like, is an attack of opportunity a net value add to the game? I don't know. Well, but that well, is when I noticed that sort of thing starting to happen. Those roles was when I was like, oh, the controller has to push people back. And the defender has to has to soak hits so that the archers can stay in the back and, and pepper people with arrows. 3.0 and 3.5 were notable in that they imposed the grid onto mm-hmm. the, the play surface. You can't play those. The 3.0, I've noted on this podcast before. I'm going to note it again. 3.0 recommended a grid as a possible play accessory and it wasn't until 3.5 which came out like i think a year later or something very 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 quickly yeah they ruined 3.0 very and, quickly and they were like well it, it was an incomplete it was game it was a, yeah. it was an incomplete game you literally couldn't play that game without the fucking grid right. because all this shit was based on measurements and it was like oh i i remember trying to play the fucking game and people would be like oh the orc runs past you and 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 the gm would say orc run past you and you say oh i get an attack opportunity against against him because 
he ran by by me and they're like oh he ran more than five feet and then there were these arguments about well where am i standing next to where's where's adam standing so so is adam standing five feet away and i'm standing six feet away from from that and there's a one foot little area for the orc to run through where he wouldn't get attacked that's not unique either one of us free and- though because i remember <laughs> having to use miniatures playing AD and d because the wizard's fireball was just like, uh, I'm going to drop this, and it's just an AOE. Like, anything in this area is getting hit. But, and but, so we had to have minis, so we knew where we were relative to where that guy was, I, so we didn't get blown the fuck in, up. I remember in second edition, when you got into higher levels, maps were better. But you didn't need a grid. No, and, you and, didn't need a grid, but the, you had to have some idea of where you were relative was, to each other. There was so much arbitration from... Did you guys not have like what we had, which was like the graphing paper pad and all of that? Because we used to use graph paper. We used to have minis. We used to have all that. Like, because I remember the older brother of my friend Jeff had like the old school minis with the little tiny like gems and stuff glued into them and the the dragon on its treasure (laughs) pile. The little pewter ones. Yeah, the little pewter ones with like the little gems glued into them. I was like, oh, they're so cool. And we used to play with them. And like, we used to like, okay, there's the dragon and here's you and here's you and here's you. And we have to know where we all are. Well, because because there was in our group, there was a differentiation between those types of minis, which were sort of almost like, um, I don't know, kind of like novelty store, kind of like you put them on a shelf to look at them kind of minis. Because you used to be able to buy a pack. It, well, you'd buy a I, box, I'd, and it was like all the, the different classes. Like you'd get a, a bunch of With the, the gems d- on them and stuff? No, yeah. no, not the gems. The oh. gems were for the monsters, but you could buy a box, and it was like, oh, here's a class pack, and it's got a fighter and a wizard. and a- Yeah, well, we used to get the raw Partha packs. Yeah, that yeah, had, yeah. That, that, that was, was talking goes back about. to 70-something back when I was a young whippersnapper. They, those were great, the raw Partha packs. Yeah, they had. but that's what I'm talking about. It's like you used was, to just yeah. buy a party pack, and it was yeah. like, here's your party, and it was like, and it was, here's a wizard, here's a rogue, here's yeah. a fighter, here's a whatever. That, that, that was good stuff. Even than that, Raul Partha used to make a line for each class where you had like the stages of your development. You had like the crappy looking fighter with no armor, <laughs> then like the mid-level fighter with chainmail, then fully the fully Well, the new D&D knights. minis are like you get your starting character. It's yeah. a two-character pack. You get a starting character and then the advanced character in it. Yeah, oh. and so that's you cool. get like, here's your starting guy, and then eventually you'll become this guy. They look really cool too. They, yeah, they look really. They, neat. they have much more dynamic poses on the on the like the oh, I hit tenth level. They're that really crummy like soft this. plastic, but like oh they're cheap. They're they're, they're like four so bucks. Cheap. They're so cheap. Yeah, four bucks for like two models. Right. Anyway, so I th- I, th- I feel like we've we've kind of unpacked sort of what old school gaming like what our experiences of it are and we sort of know what the new thing that they're putting out is and we've acknowledged that there's another group of games that are attempting to recreate that old feel and there's probably a couple of things that we've missed like I, I th- we've, we've kind of danced around it but there was at the center of of old school classic vintage gaming there was this idea of the the GM DM as 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 a like sort of heavy-handed moderator right like this guy's word was law that uh, in new new games there's there's a lot more control over what your character is how you design it but then also in terms of the narrative now this is a this is a function that we see a lot more coming out in new well, games remember in 80D it was always the picture was that that bald guy with the stringy white hair and the red robe. Yeah. That was the DM. The dungeon master. That was the dungeon master and he was in everything. And he told you what the fuck it was. Yeah. Remember? Uh-huh. And and you didn't fucking argue with this guy. He was, there There was this idea of this kind of like the, the dungeon master was like this mean guy. 
mm-hmm. and, and he was he was an adversary and there was not this idea of oh it's cooperative storytelling it was the the dm is almost like some kind of supernatural serial killer who's trying <laughs> to kill you rocks fall you die you have to survive him i like that model <laughs> I'm going to so, adopt that more in my games. Well, that is that's an old school way of looking at it, and these newer games are kind of going and, and going back to that. With these these OSR games are kind of harkening back to that, where there's a lot more rules of arbitration, a lot more kind of like ad hoc ruling mm-hmm. by the GM. They're very than, rules light, and that's they're rules light. That's yeah. the thing about them is they they aim to be rules light. They aim to simplify rules. So it's like one of the big things is like if you pick up Lamentations or you pick up uh, Labyrinth Lord or one of those, like one of the big things that they did, almost every single one of them was um, fix the AC system. Um, Yeah, thank God. They they all went in there and they said like AC in first edition and AD&D is garbage. Because it is. It really is, So we're going to fix it. And so, you know, in terms of just does old school role playing bring anything to the table? Yes. Uh, It's rules light. Um, it's got much more of that arbitration and it fixed a lot of the flaws in the older games. So yeah, I can go out and I can buy AD&D, but guess what? If I buy AD&D, I'm still going to be calculating Thacko scores. Yeah. I'm still so, going to so be figuring all that. Now stuff we're out. getting into I the agree. heart. We're now we're getting into the heart of the subject matter, which is we've acknowledged that there's these two different types of gaming. Okay. And we've acknowledged that that old one has certain things in it that we would want. Right. More artwork. Well, then there's Larry and Mark. All right. So aesthetically, mechanically, experientially, there's all kinds of different things that we a might want. A lot of those classic it, models, people spend a lot of time uplifting or, or, or I don't want to call it retrofitting, but, but forward fitting them into the newer systems too. There's an awful lot of forum threads about like, I want to run um, uh, like Tomb of Horrors or something, you know, yeah. like, like, how do I make this compatible with Labyrinth Lord? How do I make this compatible with Lamentations? How do I make this compatible Those, with Those That shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, it's that, not. That should be but super fucking easy. But there's just a easy. lot of people who just who want to do that. You know, they're like, right. I want to do Temple of Elemental Evil. I want to play that. And so um, I want to bring it into one of these newer game systems. And, but, but, and there is a lot of that. You can bring the old stuff into the newer stuff just because they are fairly close to each other. So, so the question is, is it worth having these two different types? Is do is there a reason for being for games like Lamentations, Labyrinth Lord on some level DCC? I think the DCC guys will kill me for even just saying this, but we're just we're just asking the question: Should these games exist? Are they like quote unquote doing it right, or can you just go down to your secondhand bookstore or go on fucking eBay and find a copy of of the AD and D Second Edition Player's Handbook and you're good to go? Why bother reinventing the wheel? Discuss. Because they've made improvements to the rules, like they have gone through and they've they've sanded off some of the rough edges and they fixed some of the stuff that needs to be fixed. And the other thing is tonally, like particularly Lamentations, is tonally incredibly different than Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like you get into the art and like the backstory of Lamentations, and it's like a dark messed up world full of bad things happening. I, I feel like Lamentations doesn't actually really have, is, is setting neutral. I feel like, I mean, especially in that core book, that core book has, it has some, it has some pictures of heads blowing up and stuff, but there's not, there's no, there's no world in there. Yeah, but like, I would never have seen something like that in a classic Dungeons and Dragons book. Well, like just a, like a bloody hand. No, you're really right. The lady they, they with were... her, her leg is being dissolved by like an acidic slime and, and her fingers are half gone and she's got these like 
stab wounds and then this other person being obliterated by magic where their you know clothes are being blasted off and their rib cage and organs are being I set if those you know? pictures are in mine i don't know if i have those pictures Here, in mine take a look at it but it's just like i i don't think you'd see that kind of stuff you don't uh, i i know you don't see that kind of stuff in AD&D. and so setting wise um I have it's this a, picture. It's a grimmer, darker world we'll just compare, than you get out of a Dungeons and Dragons book. Just compare The Walking yeah. Dead to uh, you know Return of the Living Dead to go back to sort of around that time or Day of the Living Dead. I mean, you know, we have on TV now a zombie movie that's right, so like much gorier than anything you could have. Right. The the, pu- the public's taste for like uh, gore and and that sort of thing it's has, just, it's, has it's, increased quite a bit well, there's a it's i can a very, only it's, imagine if i took that back that book back to the um 1980s during the height of the satanic panic and showed <laughs> that to somebody well, the, the satanic panic has directly influenced this work right this, this, oh, this, oh yeah they decided like oh we're gonna take that to the gonna, next we're level we're trying we're, to ship into the wind man uh-huh, we're yeah. gonna go in that direction and uh, personally, I admire that. But it is incredibly bleak, and it's postmodern. And I think that it, it, it's kind of almost like post fantasy in a certain way. Because so yeah, but I mean, compare that to like compare the cover of of Lamentations, where she's staring into the pool, and there's like a reflection of her as this hag with boils and stuff. Love that to the cover, cover of the AD and D Player's Handbook, where it's a guy on a horse with a shimmering sword and yeah. a winged helm charging valiantly into battle. It is two very different takes sure. on the genre sure oh, yeah um, no no, no you'll get no argument for me that the aesthetics are radically different does that mean that we need lamentations do we need it i, I mean technically i don't need any of these books right like i could sit around oh, at home okay, <laughs> okay. Are, we gonna, are we gonna are we gonna get like how far are we gonna take yeah, this do, argument but do we really exist yeah. and like what is the universe well, the and, like, I mean, how do you define I mean, okay. me like if i want to play a dark game uh, let's i'm ass- not gonna run D. let's assume that like we're human beings mm-hmm. and we live in capitalist America in the 21st century. I'm a hologram. I don't know what you're we're, talking about. We're all, we're all, and we've all, we're nerds and we want to role play. Do we need these books or should we, do we own them already? Do we already own these games? If I want to run a grim, dark fantasy type of game, I will probably run Lamentations. If only because there is an expectation when I tell you I am running Lamentations of the Flame Princess campaign. Already you have an idea of, okay, I sort of know what this is about. If I tell you I am running an advanced Dungeons and Dragons campaign, there is an idea of what that's about. Do those two have overlap to you or are they very different? Because to In me, my mind, they're when, very different. When someone tells me I'm going to run you through an AD&D campaign, I think there's going to be paladins. There's going to be elves and dwarves. Um, and uh, and we're going to go and we're going to fight in a dungeon and we're going to try to be heroic. If you tell me I'm running a Lamentations game, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be either um, like this <laughs> pitch black, like dark game or this morally gray kind of character. I'm not going yeah. to be very heroic in this game. Right. And so I think there's an expectation that gets set. It's like the expectation when I tell you. I'm going to play Vampire the Masquerade versus I'm going to play Vampire the Requiem. They're two very different games. But isn't part of that based on Lamentations brand? Lamentations has really, really pushed that brand. They have. And, and DZC and think, hasn't and I Labyrinth Lord smartly hasn't. smartly so. They, they've pushed that brand. Sure, because they. I think that they stand out. They sell themselves right. very well to guys like us. I think but DCC but and Labyrinth Lord are, are, are more of a brutal kind of campaign. Like if I went into a Advanced Dungeons and Dragons game and the DM told me, roll up five characters um, 
and if FYI, they, if they, if they, four of them aren't going to make it out of the dungeon. I'd be like, what the hell kind of D&D campaign it, it, are you running It would take here? me like 30 minutes to roll up each character, so I'd be like, if I'm rolling up five characters, you better be like buying pizza and like seeing to my, my beer situation here because it's right. going to take me two and a half hours just so, to do this. But, you know, whereas like with really DCC, boring. when you go in, like that's the expectation. But it's pretty fast, right? Those The character creation. Uh, I mean, I played it and I basically had characters handed to me because they had some tool they were using to auto-gen your stats and i will say like by the time that i left that dungeon like i was left with statistically probably the worst character out of the lot um <laughs> like where i was Whoa, like i was like eight hilarious. to ten points below an average rating based off of what the role should have been and i was like i don't want to play this character like i don't even know what to do with him i don't even know what class i can play with this character at this point <laughs> because i don't think i have stats that would allow me to play anything in this game i just get this feeling like like the notion of osr gaming doesn't really stick very well with you it like, really like, it, like you're, it, you're not that interested in it i'm interested in it to a degree like um i like that for a game like recon where it is a game about combat and like the brutality of war and the fact that you don't have any control over who you are when you're drafted into a conflict like that. And your survival rate is going to be ridiculously low. Um, and that's fine. But if you tell me like, hey, we're going to play a fantasy campaign setting where there's goblins and you're going to go into tombs, it's like, well, then clearly I'm supposed to be some kind of exceptional individual who's leaving my life as a fisherman to go I, do I, this. I feel like we're arguing the nature of the game versus the, the role that each product plays in the era in which it's generated like i would say that there are some really valid reasons why we should have osr games for one i think that it means that we have new blood coming into the design arena we have new developers trying new things and trying different are things. they doing new things or are they just giving i a think they are different iteration i think they are the doing ones. new things i think that like carcosa is new Mm-hmm. I think Carcosa is new. I think uh, A Red and Pleasant Land is new. I think that that stuff couldn't and wouldn't exist in a different time period of gaming, but it exists now, and I think it's great because of it, and I love it. Those are settings, though. Those aren't rule systems. Right. Could but, you but, do that but, with but, a different set? Could you well, do that with a different rule Well, they're system agnostic rules, uh, uh, settings. They are but, branded Lamentations, though. Yeah, and that and that's the thing about Lamentations, and we keep kind of getting sucked into the Lamentations, <laughs> and it like sort of because of the, the sort of weirdness of its brand. Now, I will say it is the thing that, that probably we as a group have the most in common with just because we've played the most of it. But um, when James Ragey designed Lamentations of the Flame Princess, his whole concept was to build a very, very Spartan rule set that would then be used to publish modules. He was much more interested in modules, campaign settings, and adventures than he was in just creating tons and tons of rules, which is why, you know, still years later, there's no DM's guide, there's no monster manual. I mean, he's allegedly writing them. And well, that's like, the thing, though. Be when I think eventually. about the, the games that I played in Dungeons & Dragons, I think about the the modules that I played, like uh, 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 the Tomb of Horror and the uh, I love the Elemental e- to the Temple of Elemental Evil and all of those, like and Ravenloft, like uh, Ravenloft and all the like. Yeah. I think of the adventures. I don't think of like, oh boy, I sure do love that uh, guidebook. You know what I mean? I sh- I sure do love that player's guide. Uh, my fond memories are of the campaigns I played in. I don't really have a lot of fond memories of just like sitting down and being like, all right, I'm going to read the monster manual. Cover and, that, cover. and that's the thing is that those books were like, those books are not fun to read. They're, they're really dry mm-hmm. and unreadable. And I think that that's one of the things that makes the new, the new OSR games fun and refreshing in 
the context of con- the contemporary gaming market is if you go out and say buy the Shadowrun 5th edition core book, it's fucking 500 pages and it's all just rules and stats on cyberware and stats on fucking guns. It's boring as shit. Whereas you can get this uh, Labyrinth Lore core, La- core book. It's about 150 pages long and it's going to be a pretty quick read. And it's going to be kind of fun. It's going it's, it's, it, because the, the language is going to be very simple. It's not gonna, the even the spells, which which usually spell casting to me is the most dry as a bone fucking thing. I don't want to fucking <laughs> no. read it. And, skip it. Yeah, you read the, read the spells and they're pretty easy to read. The the spell section in Lamentations of the Flame Princess is literally the first spell section that I read all the way through in like years, like years. I actually read the whole fucking thing because it was all stuff that I could picture in my head really easily. It wasn't like I was sitting there and I was like, oh, okay, it's it, at first level it's 30 feet and then for every additional level you get an additional 10 feet until you reach 10th level, at which point you start multiplying by 1.5 and it's like, ah, oh, fuck this shit, you know? Like, I, it gets so weirdly numerical and theoretical, you don't even want to bother with it. Whereas you can just, you can, you can like really quickly read through that Lamentations book. <clears throat> so I feel like OSR games bring in new designers who wouldn't have a voice otherwise it gives them something to do i think it brings in new artists people who people who want to have illustration careers and you can't just start at fucking watsy you know you got to start oh, somewhere yeah. so yep. you can start with these can't osr even start games White Wolf anymore like <laughs> the stuff yeah. they're doing super polished now yeah exactly um well you can have that without necessarily doing an old school role playing game it's you know, it's just the question is, what sort of a game are you trying to create? Not, I mean, you as a new game designer, you can do a non-OSR game. Because OSR games are so low in terms of page count, and because yeah. they're so simple in terms of their writing, mm-hmm. that it's very easy for uh, for an amateur game designer to start with the OSR game, because he's not trying, he or she is not trying to write a 500-page rulebook with a very tight balanced mechanic when you give up on the idea of internal balance then uh you don't have to write rules as tightly because you just say whatever who gives a fuck i just think of them as kind of like outsider art you know they're they're out on the fringes um working on these things and it may not be polished and it may not be uh you know what people expect but it's interesting and they're doing something different. And that's one of the reasons I like it. I feel like OSR is kind of like this kind of underground kind of dirty world. It's like zines. It's more DIY. It's more kind of fuck you rebellious attitude. It's incredibly DIY. There is a yeah. lot of it. That's just like, yep, you're going to have to create all this stuff yourself. Like get, yeah. get cracking slappy. Like, like I said, Reggie hasn't even released a monster manual yet. And I think when somebody was like hassling him about it online, he was like, if you feel like you need challenge ratings, to write a encounter, then you need to go drink a bottle of bleach. <laughs> that's that's what he said. I was just like, Jesus Christ, you know? He's like, he's like, he's like, you put the monsters in, you want them to fight. Put the monsters in, you want them to fight. You know, I remember there was one guy who got so irritated with me at a D and D game in 3.5 era. He was like yelling at me. I was DMing a game in the 3.5 era, and he was like, there is no reason why, as an adventurer, I should ever encounter anything that I can't defeat. And that's just bullshit. <laughs> that's just absolute fucking bullshit. Did he ever play, like, computer games? Cause oh, that's computer, all he did. In computer games, you encounter stuff reset. that you can't <laughs> defeat all the time. 
you go to the wrong part of the world in those games and your now, salad will get tossed. That's so I don't know what he was button. talking about. That's that's uh that's an, uh, a function of much more sandboxy games that like have been coming out in recent years. I guess like because yeah, I know in like well, much Skyrim or, or Fallout, like if I went to the wrong area, it was like you came to the wrong neighborhood. Dude, Skyrim wasn't even out back then. Well, so Skyrim was, was interesting enough. It was a leveled system, so you never ran into something that was too powerful. You couldn't really do anything. Oh about. no. Oh, yeah, you Except did. maybe the dragons. But the dragon priests. I ran across Croesus or one of them as like level four, and I got my ass handed to me. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't be fucking around on top of mountains for a while. So um, it's very different like EverQuest where I mean. Oh, all right. All right. I'm pulling the plug on that. We're done. <laughs> We're done. Too much, too much video. Too old, much old video games. Okay. Fuck video games. There's plenty of podcasts talking about video games. This isn't one of them. Yeah, but that's still. That's, no, they're RPGs. They're important. They're to, similar. They're important to discuss mm-hmm. because the video game RPG industry is based on the role playing game. It is industry. and it's and, and that's where a lot of game a feedback loop with each other. They, they have really oh, yeah. it's and 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 destructive. I think I think it's Path destructive to the industry. D are World of Warcraft imported into no, Dungeons it's true. And Dragons. Well, I wouldn't say Pathfinder, but but Fourth Edition Dungeons and Dragons definitely is. Uh, I don't I don't know. It depends on what version of Pathfinder we're talking about. Are we talking about base Pathfinder? Are we talking about Pathfinder Ultimate Warrior book? Are we talking about Pathfinder? Yeah. I have never played Player's them. Guide 4. Are we talking about Bestiary? Like the, the problem with Pathfinder is... Well, hang on. So, the problem with Pathfinder so is, 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 is the name of a different, different episode. Yeah, all right, fair so, enough. So we could, we could literally put an hour into that. Now, the case, in my mind, against these OSR games is that, is that as fun and kind of refreshing as they can be, they're not as fun as the old versions of these same books. Now, I don't know if that is because I'm old and it's just fun for me to interact with relics from my youth or if games just used to be written in a way that was more fun. I started collecting all these damn Talos Lanta books and let me fucking tell you, dude, those books are so fucking fun to read. You can, I mean, it just reminds me of being like, it's like it's 1996 all over again. And you can kind of like, you can kind of lay down on the couch and start reading one of these books. And the hours just kind of start disappearing. You know what I'm saying? Because you're, you're, you're just reading it and enjoying it. It's fun. For every great new book that I've encountered, I, I have also encountered like uh, Secrets of the Covenants or something like that. Where I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to read this. This There's, is painful. So many new books are just slogs. They're slogs. Uh, particularly a lot of the, uh, yeah, lately a lot of the White Wolf books or Onyx Path books or whatever you want to call them that I've been picking up are just these brutal, dry slogs that, like, and and the first edition of, of World of Darkness relaunch slash Chronicles of Darkness had that problem. It was incredibly dry. Yeah. Um, and now it's like you have to buy Chronicles of Darkness, and and huge sections of it are repeated in the Werewolf Requi- or the Werewolf yeah. book and the Requiem Second Edition. Don't like that. They're just they keep repeating them, and it's just like I don't. I liked when it was here's the blue book, here's your supplement book that's thinner. That's the Requiem book with just setting and everything else in it, and you just lay this on top as a template. I don't. Now I'm well, just I mean, looking that, at it again, and I'm like, how, how do I parse what I actually need to read out of this book if I've already got this book? Yeah, that's because of their 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 misbegotten business model. I know, um, and, they, and they, it's they, frustrating, they, they, they but I get why they're that. doing it. 
I think I think that the new the new White Wolf stuff is going to actually address that, but uh, so. but the Onyx Path stuff because of the way they've chosen to market their product, they they cannot. They literally cannot. Um, well, I think also some people these days don't understand narrative like they did twenty or thirty or forty years ago. Uh, I mean, we elaborate. Live a, we live in a Twitter generation where uh, diplomacy is conducted one hundred forty characters at a time. When Gary Gygax wrote Dungeons and Dragons First Edition or perhaps when Tunnels and Trolls came out two years later, a year later, to be the simple version, by the way. Um, Long-form narrative, a sense of how this whole book should develop to tell the story to... Even the rules are a narrative to a degree of how should... How do I tell the story of the rules to someone learning it for the first time? I think people had a better sense of how to do that than they do today, where you can just load up on tons of content. Oh, here's the gear section. Let me have 85,000 different pieces of gear because people expect it and just slap all these things together. And there you go. There's 500 pages of for 75 bucks and we've got glossy high color print. Yeah. I think that there's this, there's this idea that has been, that has adversely affected the gaming industry because of the notion of player choice that now there's just too much player choice. And then, I've and noticed then, that like any book series that comes out now immediately, post-launch there'll be four or five supplements just right away like i was in the store the other day and it was i was like oh they relaunched mutant chronicles and they're like yep and here's like a bunch of supplements for it already and it's like oh here's you know eclipse phase here's a bunch of supplements for it here's this book here's a bunch of supplements for it and they're also the way that those supplements are written is that they want there to be something in there for players mm-hmm. every single supplement there's not an idea because well, you sell these more are the, right exactly yeah. is that there's a, the, the they realized in the, the 90s supplement treadmill model didn't work because you were only selling to one out of five guys in the room now they right. want to sell a five out of five and so that means that every game takes on these increasing layers of mechanical difficulty that I don't care for because everything becomes very burdened under these like huge calluses of rules that the Do you feel like second ed's vampire second ed struck a good balance there cuz for every player's book there would be like a storyteller book there was player's guide to sabbath storyteller's guide to sabbath there the, was here's my problem of the black hand here's then there my were problem the clan with, books with the, the vampire model and mm-hmm. the world of darkness model is that they almost did for narrative gaming what heavy heavy mechanical rule sets did for mechanical gaming in that they they created this expectation of built-in mythology where now you you buy these books and there's like the possibility of just like hundreds and hundreds of pages of mythology that you're supposed to commit to memory whereas it wasn't like that when you first started it was it was these story seeds that were very vague and they were just designed to kind of spark your imagination and get you going and then you were supposed to take it from there but again the pack the back of these Talos Lanta books in the back of every Talos Lanta book, there's a two or three page section where it will have two paragraph story starters for a campaign. And they don't have proper, they might have like the proper name of a city in them, or they might have like a vague idea of what an NPC could be like. Like, an evil merchant has kidnapped somebody and taken them to this proper name city that is detailed earlier in the book. Here are some ideas about what characters might face if you were to compose a campaign around that and you're like, 
and you, it's a paragraph and you're like this is fucking rad because now I can just do whatever I want with it I can extrapolate 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 and it's way more fun than sitting there reading about like buying fucking remember 3. Point, uh, or, or uh, 3rd edition revised Council of Primogen or mm-hmm. Archons and Templars yeah. or Gilded Cage Sword or, of Cain or it was just like hundreds of pages in these little tiny font of mm-hmm. like like first the Primogen must go to the Pontifex and he must bow three times and it is customary to kiss the ring and you're just like i don't give a shit anymore. yeah i don't give a fuck <laughs> you know yeah, i agree that's too much detail that's what i, I loved about dark all... ages dark ages had just in the, even in their city books just these little story de- details sprinkled in there where they're like hey you can go run with this however you want you know but then when it, they came out the second edition they started selling you metaplot with that with that war of the princes, war of princes shit. yeah well i didn't buy second edition yeah so me i don't neither. like metaplot in games to tell you the truth mm-hmm. i like setting for example second edition ad and d had these series of books volo's guides to Whatever city they're coming out yeah. with them again. There's the yeah. old ones. Along, but they had enough again. stuff. Oh, here's a blacksmith shop, and there's two paragraphs about it. The one of which paragraph would be a little plot hooker narrative you could just throw in there. You know, the blacksmith's been sleeping with the Miller. But but then conversely, AD and D Second Edition also had the most detailed supplement like known known to to man with its water deep. Uh, yeah. campaign box that oh, literally God. had every <laughs> building in the entirety of Waterdeep and would tell you whatever there, there was like this there was there was an index that would tell you what every single one was like so you could you could go to any point on the grid and be like what is this and he'd be like this is Arturius's clam shop and you're like all right well, if you've never played it Lords of Waterdeep is a fun board game <laughs> I uh, love that one I don't doubt it That's I, a great I don't game. mind some of that for when it's made easily digestible, like Waterdeep was, and this is, you don't have to do everything with it, but you can f- flip open the page and here's a building I'm going to send my people to. They're going to encounter on Dude, the way. You don't have to commit a ceremony to these these Talislanta books and the way that they and the way that they do regions. A Talislanta book that that is dedicated to a region has about the same page count as a classic vampire. Uh, clan book meaning it's under 100 pages and they'll have two or three pages on a city and they'll outline like a few important locales the rest of it's up to you yeah you just do it yourself same with these elric books and the way that these elric books are written even the kind of dry narrative not the narrative but the dry rules shit is so much more fun to read it's so much more it's so engrossing i don't know what got lost so on one hand i'm like i'm like I, I, I'm of two minds about it. On one hand, I'm like, we don't actually need these new OSR games. We don't need them. Uh, Talislanta has a perfectly serviceable system. It's not great, but it's serviceable. Um, this Elric system is kind of the shit if you want to play a very, very harsh, punishing game. I mean, to be totally honest, if you're going to play a harsh, punishing game and you want to do an old-school style, I don't know that you could really do any better than this Elric system. Um... But then I'm like, well, AD&D, I mean, seriously, we ran, remember that time we ran AD&D like a couple of years ago for Ravenloft and it was the, like the fucking worst. It was like <laughs> fucking like being in hell. Like, I, like, seriously, I'll like never do it again. It was like, Thacko is so stupid. It is. Roll, rolling a hit die for fucking yeah. monsters is so stupid. I just don't want to fucking even be bothered it, with it. Like, here's kind of my The way the story went was so horribly wrong. <laughs> and so, yeah. If you like the stuff that you like, great. I, I'm really just over the gaming community tearing each other apart because they like different shit. 
if you like AD&D and you don't see a place for Lamentations, play AD&D. If you like Lamentations and you think it's a better version of AD&D and you think that goes stupid, play Lamentations. But if you meet someone who's like, oh man, I like AD&D, your response shouldn't be, well, here's why you're wrong. Here's <laughs> no it's very it's irritating to the storyteller. Let me explain to you. So actually, well, actually, let me explain to you. Let me mansplain to you why your favorite game system is garbage. Yeah. Um, don't do that. Just be like, hey, cool. We like different stuff. You know, like, uh, yeah, I just like, like crit hit last year. I had that guy come up to me like, let me tell you everything that's wrong with the game that you're about to run and why I don't what like game it. game was that? Gamma World. And he like gave me this five minute like diatribe on why Gamma World was a terrible game and why uh, I was wrong for liking it. And I was just like, "All right, that like, happens. That's cool, dude. Like, I I take it you're not going to join me at my table then." And he like was actively trying to recruit people away too to his, to the other table. And I was like, "All right." fine gamers like, i was like that's fine dude that's totally cool but like Hashtag why gamers. you gotta rip each other apart because you like different stuff like gamer I, on gamer crime i just i In don't the feel scene. the need to do that anymore maybe i'm just old and i'm just like crotchy and i don't or give like, a shit anymore but like i banging just, our swords into plowshares man yeah i just i don't no i shall fight no more system. forever there isn't a perfect gaming system but i just I like if I, somebody likes different shit than i do Hey, shine on you, crazy diamond. Like, go like that different thing. I mean, Are you I, sure, man? Sometimes I just see people playing Pathfinder. I just want to, like, I just want to do, like, this brave heart run at them where I have my sword hefted over my head and I scream. How do you, how do you check that when we're doing Shadow War? Because there's that table right next to us that's doing Pathfinder the entire time. Willpower points. And don't. it certainly seems like, uh, like they've got that whole whiteboard, that giant whiteboard that they wrangle yeah. with every time. And it certainly seems very fussy and cumbersome to me. But at the same time, I'm like, they're here every week. They're here before I started coming here. They, they love it. They love it. The and they're having fun. They love it. They've been playing that game for years. They've been playing that game for they years. They've been there the, for yeah. longer than I have. And it's like, who am I to tell you that you're wrong? I know. I know. I'm nobody. Yeah. Come play Shadow War. But anyway. <laughs> Shadow War, guys. 12 noon, Sundays. That's right. Game Depot, That's Tempe, Arizona. If you're in the Arizona area, the Phoenix Metro so area. So much fun. Come play Shadow War with me and Adam. We'd, but love, yeah, to, we'd love to meet you. It's, you know, if you like your stuff that you like, go ahead. Keep keep liking it. You know, I, I, I unless you like Fatal, in which case, go fuck yourself. Like, like go die in a pit. <laughs> oh, 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 You know, just j- not too long ago, before we had iProfit on the show to talk about Palladium, mm-hmm. I would have totally said... I would have said that same thing about Palladium. I would have been like, "Oh yeah, play what you want to play and just and celebrate you. You go, you crazy. Are you, you unaware you of the history of Fatal? And then I and then I would and then and then well, I know what Fatal is. Okay. And then uh, and then we talked to iProfit and I was like, you know what, Palladium's not half bad. And I actually started kind of collecting some of the books again. No, no, yeah, Fatal's not half bad either. It's all bad, but like, hey. <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> no, but I'm, all I'm trying to say is that I had a severe prejudice against palladium players like as people like i saw people carrying on palladium books as oh, being like judge a, them as sub i would i was i was like you there's something wrong with you as a person because you have that book in your hand and if you adam's holding, adam's holding palladium, up his palladium book palladium dude i got a nightbane book sitting out there on the <laughs> shelf right now i'm like reading nightbane right now reading nightbane 
and um, I'm I'm probably gonna pick up. Nightbane sounds like one of those like '80s action movies. Nightbane. Well, well, we can, we, can, we can get all into Nightbane, but um, and I've, I've uh Beyond the Supernatural. I'm thinking about running like a little Beyond the Supernatural Nightbane mashup. Nice a little mashup game. Anyway, anybody have any final thoughts? I feel like you've given your final thoughts, Adam. Alex, do you have any final thoughts? I would say uh, on the topic of old school gaming and perhaps it's a conversation to continue another time but what makes the game the setting or the rules i think we can all agree that there are certain rules thaco that should be cut to the wayside oh yeah get out of here uh and if old a lot of these old school role-playing games lamentations of the flame princess etc 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 uh, have a value to bring. It's that they're trying to slim down some of the rules needed to actually play a game. You don't need 700 pages of rules. You might have fluff or whatever you need to set your campaign in, but that can be sort of a separate thing. Um, and they both really got to work together, right? Like you can have a great setting, but if you got terrible rules, you won't want to play it. And you can have great rules, but if you have a setting nobody wants to play in, then they won't want to play it either, right? Well, that's true, but you can always import a setting into a rules. Oh, these are you good could. rules. I don't need to play whatever. And I can there are go- plenty of people who want to play Tales from Equestria because it's got magical ponies in it. Like it's, yeah. I get it. You know what you're getting for Christmas from me, by the way, because you talk, if you don't want to get that from for, from me for Christmas, then you need to buy it, because because you talk about that game so much. Because it's in the I, game store I know every what time you I go want. there. It's like right I, there on I, the shelf. I it's know great. what you want. It's great. I love it. I love seeing it there, because I was like, that's a whole different crowd to come into the gaming yeah, store to true. play that game. It's true. And I think it's awesome that that's a game, and I love that it's a game. Good. And I'm very happy that it's a game. So yeah, if you want to buy it for me for Christmas, buy it for me for Christmas. You can buy it with a copy of Mouse Guard while you're at it. It's fun. Well, I love I've, the idea. I've played Mouse that Guard. There is, is a game that is like that is being explicitly targeted at you know ostensibly little girls and bronies, you know who love My Little Pony. You both made some good points. I don't think we've reached and there's no answer to this. This is just oh, no, opinions. There's an answer. So um, I guess my answer would be. Go buy some fucking Talos Lanta books, man. Those are so fucking good. <laughs> God damn it, I love those Talos Lanta books. I'm also collecting um, Elric books, and I don't know if you've had it. By the time you, uh, by the, by the time this come goes to air, I think there'll be probably be some pictures of some current art that I've been doing, like on my Instagram. So I highly recommend you go check out the Full Metal RPG Instagram, as I always recommend. If you need to get a hold of us at Full Metal RPG, I recommend you use the Instagram. But I also want to throw out there that I am now offering my services as an artist for commissions. If you want me to draw your character, you want me to draw your party, you want me to draw some fucking NPCs. If you're doing uh, like a DMs Guild thing and you want to, you want some art for that, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how to draw. I need, I need some art. You can afford my services. <laughs> my services are very affordable. Literally, I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna make cards that say this. Will work for role playing books. Email me. I'll tell you what role playing books I need. Send me a role-playing book. I'll send you a piece of art. So when you said you draw fucking NPCs, you meant fucking NPCs, yeah, not fucking, fucking NP- NPCs. <laughs> well, you know what? Whatever. NPCs who are. Well, oh, you know, whatever. All right. I'm, I I'm, just wanted to clarify. I'm an, op- I'm, the Kama Sutra. I'm an open-minded guy. All right. Fair enough. You know, Because so, I have this idea for a beholder and an illithid. I'm not. And anyway, I'll contact you and I'm, let you know. I'm not a Puritan. <laughs> all right. So, you know, if you've got something very specific it's that gonna you It's going to get weird. Done, let's just put it that way. All right, brother. Let's do it. 
the Dracolich in the in, in the words of 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 every guy's ever been to an orgy. Let's do this. There you go. Um, how many have you been to? Would you like to know? Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So uh, is there a negative? Do can I have negative numbers in that? If if so, I'll take that. All right. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, there's been a real dearth of iTunes reviews, guys. I'm really feeling I'm feeling bad about what's going on with the iTunes reviews. I'm trying this guilt thing. I just feel being, bad in general. Being positive hasn't I need worked to be out. So by people. So <laughs> you're a good person. I, I don't know, Thanks. guys. I'm, I feel so bad about my life. Go on iTunes and leave a review, please. Five stars. He's and if crying you can't, right if, you, now. if you can't do five stars, then like I always say, just hit me up. Say why you can't do five stars, and then we'll we'll fix it to the best of our abilities. I mean, considering the general lack of talent and capability that is in the brain trust we call Full Metal RPG, we'll do our very best. So, really, seriously, the fucking uh, iTunes reviews get, get us more listens. So please, please help out the show by giving us an iTunes review. Please uh, check us out on the on the Instagram. I'm on the Instagram. Adam's uh, Adam Sync on the Instagram. Um, I just recently made the Brendan Carrion Instagram open, so if you want to go look at that, you can look at that too. See black and white pictures of my dog. I don't know if that's interesting to you. I got lots of scorpion pictures. Scorpion pictures, yeah. Shadow War pictures, pictures, yep. pictures of a cake. Anyway, um, then uh, we have a webpage. It's called FullMetalRPG.com. Uh, it's there. You should look at it. Uh, we're on Facebook, and you know what? I've been actually posting on Facebook recently. I've been actually doing... There's actually some content that you may find interesting on the Facebook thing. Check that out. Like that. Tell your fucking friends. Uh, last thing is if you need to get a hold of us and you feel like, for whatever reason, Russian hackers or whatever, you can't use the Instagram DM, which is really the best way, hit us up, official at gmail.com. I, ch- I check in there once a week or so and uh, I will get back to you so uh, this has been another episode of Full Metal RPG super stoked that you tuned in we love you keep listening keep playing your fucking games uh, Adam thank you for joining me thanks for having me Alex thanks for coming out thank you for having me as well you guys are the best have a good night Right.
Time!